No, we need this again. This Gospel Seeds Planting and Watering series, and it's generating a lot of stories and feedback, and I love that. And, uh, and I want to encourage you to keep those coming. I want to hear stories. We're, we're making a list of them. We're going to make a couple videos even of them. And so please share them with us. Um, one of the things shared with me this last week was Tammy Robinson said, I have this book, and I want you to look at it. It's called It Will Be Okay, and it's about this little seed. And I'm just going to read three pages because, you know, who doesn't love a good children's book occasionally? Amen? All right. So here we have this seed, and just listen to what it says. Here, in a dusty shed on a rickety shelf, hidden in a cozy packet, lived a tiny seed. Day after day, little seed watched as the farmer came into the shed. The farmer's strong hand would reach into the packet and he would say, I have a good plan for you each time he selected a seed. Little seed knew the farmer was good and kind, but he did not want to leave his home. Little seed liked, liked living inside the cozy packet on the rickety shelf in the farmer's dusty shed. He did not want to go. Can we relate to that? But the story continues, doesn't it? The farmer went outside and knelt down. He pushed little seed under the ground into the dirt and down into a dark, messy place. Now, little seed, this is going to be different. And it might seem scary, but it will be okay. You can trust me, said the farmer. Little Seed wished he were inside the cozy packet on the rickety shelf in the farmer's dusty shed. I want to trust even when I can't see, but how in the world is this good for me? Well, the story ends. Of course, after many days of fun, Little Seed said, well, he had a friend, uh, the little lonely fox as well. And they both agreed the farmer was good, the farmer was kind, and the farmer was always watching over them even in dark, messy places. And you can see the end result when God plants you in the fields. He plants seeds. He's in the business of planting and watering seeds, and he's called us to do the same, and we are, and lots of people are doing this. Uh, I want to say welcome back Grace College students and Grace Seminary students. My guess is most of those will be in the 11 o'clock service, right? Probably pretty excited, uh, too excited to go to bed early and get, get here for the 9.15 service. But again, we're midway through this six-part summer series. And this is where God has us as a church family, this movement. He's turning this church inside out. That's our prayer. Inside out is our prayer. And oh, that we would not miss out on the glories of being on Jesus' mission, obedient to him, following him, sharing the good news that we've been given with everyone around us, that we would not be a disobedient and fruitless church at all, much the opposite. We plant seeds, we water gospel seeds, and we wait. A couple of key texts are 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Again, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. And we have this sign here, and I'm going to pull this out again and again, because this is what re releases us from the pressures of the results of our mission out there. But God, these words, but God gave the growth. And Luke 8, 11 said, the seed is the word of God. And this has been making our mission so unintimidating, so accessible, and so enjoyable, rather than dreading. I like that little seed in the book. And our prayer is that every son and daughter of God, every brother and sister in Christ is out there together uniquely just the way he has shaped us. 
Today and next week, our focus is the fields in which God plants us. So if you didn't get a bulletin, let's make sure you have one of those and the sermon notes in there that help you follow along. Just raise your hand. Thanks, Chris, for being there. And again, we're still reviewing. You can have a barn full of seeds. Just a barn full. Not just a bag full. You can have a barn full of seeds. But as long as they stay in the barn, there will be no harvest. And this is why the Bible uses the farming metaphor. We can all understand this. That we need soil, fields, we need the seeds, and we need water. So, we pick up in in the fourth part of our message of our series. And in John 4.35, I just want to start with this verse. Jesus says to his disciples that many people are believing because of the testimony of the woman in the well. She went and told everybody she knew about this man who told her this good news and her faith in him. And he says this, John 4.35, Do you not say yet there, there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you. Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest right now. And so today we plant and water gospel seeds in our local fields. Not anybody else's, our local fields. So let's study God's word today in in an extremely practical way today. This is a practical sermon today. We're going to define a field. We're going to examine the four types of fields that we're in and overcoming the obstacles or the barriers that are in our way. You ready? Let's do this. Number one is defining a field. We've got seeds. We know that's God's word. We've got water, our relationships. Now, what are the fields? Well, many years ago, when I, was a, when I became a pastor in Tacoma, Washington, that's been eight, 18 years ago now, I, I wanted to find a place where I could get my hair cut consistently. And so I asked around and I looked around and I landed on a place called Unique Hair Design. It was owned by a Mexican lady named Sophia. And she had a team, a staff of all international uh, workers. She had, uh, there were Philippines, Chinese, uh, Mexicans, and it was really neat. Now, this was before I grasped fully uh, what we're studying right now about the fields and about the farming metaphor. I didn't grasp all that fully back then, but I did know that I want to be um, sharing Jesus, truth and love, everywhere I went. And so over those 15 years, I got my hair cut there every single time. I introduced all my babies to them, brought them in. And Sophia was really excited when one of my babies was named Sophia. And there she is right there. She was very excited about that. I made much of Jesus over those years, invited them to church events, and some came to those. And it was exciting. Sophia's salon was one of my fields. And now, as I've moved to Warsaw, I've made, I've settled at Great Clips on, on US 30 to do the same. On your notes, you'll see two definitions of a field. One is in relation to time, and the other is about relationship. So what are your fields in which God is planting you? Number one is where you spend your time, regularly or irregularly. That's wherever you are, wherever you spend your time. And number two is wherever you'll see a person or people again. And this is relationships. So my contact with a a hair salon is kind of regular in terms of relationship, but it's kind of irregular in terms of time. 
And because it's so much time elapses between visits, working on my relationship, and my memory is not great, I've been starting to type down on my phone the, the name of the person that I've talked to and, and some of the conversation notes. And doing that helps me in, in a couple different ways. One, I can go and pray, add that to my prayer list, and pray for that field, pray for those people. And then also when I come back in two months or whatever it is, however long and bushy I get, I come back and it can give me a reminder of, of who I talked to, what we talked about, so I can pick up where we left off. Well, that's how we define our fields. Anywhere we go, any kind of relationships we have. Let's, get a li- let's drill down on that a little bit and look at the four types of fields where we can obey Jesus and plant and water gospel seeds as we've been talking about. So point number two is planting and watering in our local fields. Our local fields. We all have our own. So just start to think about what are the places where, that you go and see people. Start thinking of them. You've got your neighborhood, of course. You spend a lot of time there. Workplace and school, the gym, the YMCA, where you get your hair cut, where you fill up with gas, the restaurants that you go to, coffee shops, on an airplane. Where else do you see people? On sports teams that you're on, on golf courses, and on and on and on. Jesus saved you from your sin, brothers and sisters in Christ, given eternal life and a mission here. He hasn't taken us to heaven yet. He saved you from your sins to be on mission in all those places where he has planted you, where he's put you to have time and relationships. As a pastor who worked around Christians all day, back in my previous church in Washington, I coached a a high school golf team for this very purpose, so I could have a field. Our brother here in Warsaw, Joe Olson, uh, just accepted a role keeping basketball stats for Warsaw High School. He said he's very excited. He gets to travel with the team on the bus. It's not a very comfortable ride, but he's very excited to have that field. He told me that last week. That's great. Well, let's identify the four types of fields now and where they will take you in the unique way God has shaped you to be there in the unique relationships that only you have and in the moments that he will give you to share his love and his truth, his message. All right, the first is ongoing fields. We looked at these last year in a different context, so this might sound familiar, but that's great. It's good repetition. This is where God has us right now. Ongoing fields. These are the places where you are a lot. People that you see regularly, like your family, People at work, at school, in the neighborhood. We've kind of summarized this person as the guy on the shop floor. Who's your guy on the shop floor? The person that you're, that you're working with or associating with or see in your neighborhood a lot, almost every day. Kids that, are, that go to a, a building school and sit in a desk, I want you to visualize this ongoing field. as, And if you grasp this, I, I think it will change the way you see your time at school. You sit in this desk. Your ongoing field could be the four people who sit right next to you on each side of you. Of course, you might sit in the back row or whatever, but you get the point. The people right next to you every day, your ongoing field. Just focus on them. That's where God has placed you. Isn't that neat? Well, in terms of talk and walk, these are timely talk, all walk, 
That means they're always seeing the way you live. And we as Jesus followers need to stand out because we walk in our lives differently than the world. We do. We treat them, all of them, just like Jesus would treat anyone. 1 Peter 2.12 proclaims this. He commands, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. So we need to walk the walk, of course. But then also talk about Jesus and anything that we can pull out of his seed bag here. We called this last week the big giant seed bag. And there's a million different ways to, to pull things from Scripture in a timely way. And those are all good seed that don't return void as we share them. Now, here's the thing in our ongoing field. Picture yourself at work or at school. If you were to talk about nothing but the gospel and just proclaim scripture the entire eight to 10 hour day, would that be a very effective? No, it would not be very effective because you would become uh, an irritant. You'd be divisive for all the wrong reasons. You wouldn't be faithfully doing your job and you'd probably get fired for the wrong reason. You'd be disruptive. So how fruitful is that? Not very. But likewise, how fruitful is it to never talk about Jesus, the Bible, plant gospel seeds? So what's in the middle on our ongoing fields? Here's a helpful way to understand this. I want you to imagine with me, all right? Get your imagination going. Imagine that God called you, said to you, I'm going to take you to this city and give you one hour to lead as many people to Christ as you can, to proclaim Jesus to as many people as you can. I'm going to give you one hour in this city. Kind of imagine, okay, imagine being dropped there and told that by God, what you would do for that hour. I don't know about you, I'd, I'd just do whatever I can, you know, whatever's in my power with an open Bible and try to reach people for that hour. And I'd, I'd be pleasing to God for that. But now, let's say that God did the same thing. But instead of one hour, he tells you, I'm going to put you in this city and you have one week Tell as many people about the good news of Jesus as possible. Well, that's different. Now you've got to take into consideration where you're going to sleep. You've got to eat. Okay? So you're not just constantly telling everybody like you would be for the one hour. Let's say he does the same thing and he drops you off in the city and he says you have one year. Well, my, now you've got to find a place, an apartment or a place to live. You've got to take care of those things, paying bills. And if it was several years, he did the same thing. I'm going to put you in this city and give you several years to, to pr tell as many people about Jesus as possible. Now, and if you're, if you're going to raise a family, now you've got to, now you've got to you know, rent or buy a place to live. You've got to um, schedule time to play with your toddlers on the floor. You've got to take a regular date night with your wife. You've got to do all these things as well and work and tell people, as many people as you can, about Jesus. All while planting and watering gospel seeds, as many as possible. This is our primary vocation as people who have been saved from hell and given this mission. This is our vocation. This is, what we, this is what we do. This is our calling from God. And I just see what we do for our, our job as a way to make money to pay the bills while we're doing our main vocation, being on Jesus' mission, his salt and light in the world, all those things that he's called us to be. Him we proclaim to the world as we can, as we go out into our fields. 
And then who causes the growth? We have to always remember this. The pressure is not on us for the results. Who causes any spiritual growth? But God. And this is why we can do this. That's our ongoing fields. The second field is people that we see less often. This is periodic fields. These are people that you see once in a while, like weekly or monthly, like clients or customers or the, or the barber, the nail salon, whatever, whatever it may be. You see them occasionally. God has planted you uh, to plant and water gospel seeds in these places as well. Now, again, since you only see them occasionally, you need to do what you can. If you have a great memory, awesome for you. I don't, so I type them in. And I try to remember them and, and ask them what's going on in their lives. And try to remember that the next time I see them. So these fields are also timely talk, all walk. We do have a little time to talk. And, and over the course of, of several times seeing them, they do see how we walk the walk. Are we, are we tipping and treating them generously? Are we caring for them like Jesus cares for them and cares for us and calls us to do the same? Do they see a Christ-like servant attitude in us? And then, and then when we talk about God, just mention his word. We talk about the things going on at our church. We invite them to, to something that's going on. Any of those, who causes the growth when we faithfully do that? Again, but God he will work through that. This is, the, this is the system, the farming system of our lives that he has designed and given us to obey. Then we have number three is momentary fields. Well, these are exciting. In terms of time, these are all talk. There is very little time. You can't you know, solve the world's problems or explain the full plan of salvation when you're just seeing like a cashier in a checkout line or a a server at a restaurant. But it doesn't matter that you're only in their lives for a few seconds, a few minutes. You're there. This is one of our fields. God has you there. And so we need to train ourselves to be, to be aware of that, to be compassionate for that. And you can plant a spiritual seed. Ephesians 5.16 says, Make the most of every opportunity. Not just some opportunities. Make the most of every opportunity. Let's obey the Lord and his word here. And so if you want to do this with a neighbor sitting next to you, why don't you just turn, and, and we practiced this before. We're going to do it again. We're going to need to keep practicing. Say to your neighbor right now, hey, you want to hear some good news? Sorry, Sophie, you can't do it. Talk, talk to yourself. Everybody wants to hear some good news. Say, Jesus loves you. That's it. And then you can get out of there. But you planted a seed. That, and that's, that's, from the, that's from the word of God. Jesus' love for them. God's love for them. At the very basic, you have planted a gospel seed from the word of God that will not return void. That the Holy Spirit works through to convict hearts. And I have testimonies of people who came to Christ ultimately because strangers in their lives did things like that. And it was undeniable. And who causes the growth but God? And this is what Jesus modeled. You know, as you watch, as you read the four Gospels and look at his life, he's constantly walking through life and he's caring for people in the moments when he's telling them the truth and giving them the opportunity to, to believe in him. And we can do just like Jesus and scatter hope and life 
everywhere we go. Well, the fourth field is a newer field. It's only been around for about 14 years as opposed to 2,000 years like the other ones. What is this one? It is social media fields. For better or worse, people are there. And I hesitated to even include this one because every study shows that social media has created major deficits in our human relationships. And I mourn for that. Not to mention they're filled with the unholiest uh, of content. But if you use social media, the people are there. That's the fact. So I implore you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to make it clear what you love and value as you're out there. Is Jesus on your page at all? Is God's word included in your post ever? I want to give you a few steps, and I just want you to evaluate. Am I doing these already? How can I do them? What, what can I go home and do right now if I'm on social media? First one is to, in, on Facebook, at least, set your religious preference to something like Christian or Christ follower. Or from the very beginning, uh, Sarah and I put servant of Christ, taken from Romans 1.1 on our religious preference. And people see that and give glory to God or scratch their heads, one of the two. That's fine. Okay, another thing is to join several solid Christian pages, solid Christian pages, and have their good content streaming to your timeline. I hope that you've done that. Uh, You can go overboard on that. There's not enough time in the day to read them all. But please avoid heretical sites and angry sites. Those are out there. Be wise with your time. Again, fight getting addicted and to the dopamine that social media releases in you. If you haven't read about that, read a good article on that. And, and, and you've probably balanced the, waste, the, the time-wasting factor on there. But finally, be Christ-like and be winsome. First Peter 3.15, it's a great verse. Always be prepared to make a defense for the hope that you have, to give an account for the hope that you have within you. Always be prepared. If people ask you, why do you believe in Jesus? Always be prepared. But how does that verse end? Don't miss the ending. Always do so with gentleness and respect. Does that define a typical social media encounter? Gentleness and respect? No, you don't see that very commonly. It will stand out if we're behaving like Jesus. So those are the four types of fields. We plant, we water gospel seeds all the time, and God gives growth. You might remember last year we did this illustration, but some of you may not have been here. And I like this one. When we talk about gospel seeds, this is a bag. Say, yes, that's profound. Now, imagine this is a bag full of gospel seeds, just filled with gospel seeds. What this bag contains are all of the conversations and encounters that there's about 300 people that call this church their home church. Let's say three, 300 or more people just give one seed out per day. So that's seven seeds planted per week. Three times, 300 times seven is 21. That's over 2,000 gospel seeds planted in our community every week. Just imagine what God will do for that. So this bag, and I want you to visualize this is the gospel seeds that, is, that are contained in all of our lives during the common week. What we need to do 
And I, this, visual, uh, this visual helps me a lot. What we need to do, church family, is go boom. My daughters love that. And scatter that seed everywhere. Over 2,000 gospel seeds planted, encouragement given, the word of God planted, our relationships, every week if we just do one a day. And just imagine the movement that God will make in Warsaw, Winona Lake, Kosciuszko County, anywhere we go, anywhere he sends us, anywhere we have influence. That's the fruit of simply obeying Jesus. The world will change. But there are obstacles, there are barriers, there are reasons that we don't plant and water every day. Gospel seeds. So let's work to overcome them in this great season of our lives where God has us in our attention right now. I pray that you're with me right now and that you're with Jesus. And that this season transforms my life, my families, and all of our church family. Let's talk about these barriers and overcoming them. Overcoming barriers. We have agreed evangelism is, is most Christians' least favorite part about being a Christian because of fears and discomfort and because of the need for getting clean hands, getting yourself dirty in the messy relationships of people's lives. Such an American thing to feel like we don't need to do that. We can be comfortable. We can just avoid people. We can keep to ourselves, and we can be so totally self-minded. That is a value of our culture. But no, we get dirty. Further, many of us feel like we're not qualified, that, that talking about the Bible is only reserved for people that have great spiritual gifting, a lot of knowledge, and high training. And that could not be further from the truth. In reality, the great commission of Jesus is given to all of his Christ followers. All of his people. All of us. I'm going to read you a message that I received after last week's sermon. So I received this just a few days ago. And then I think we'll all connect with it. I know I did. But then do, do a little coaching on how to get started overcoming these barriers. Here's what this person wrote to me. They said, I would like to share my faith more in general. I would like to. There have been a few occasions when I was at work I have shared, but mostly I try to show by my actions that I'm a Christian. Many staff use cuss words at work, and I don't talk that way. Or people will talk bad about others, and I try not to say bad things about others. But I would really like to be braver to tell others about Jesus. It's just hard for the reasons like I'm too shy, I'm afraid of being rejected or thought of as a weirdo or crazy Bible thumper. How many of you can relate to any of that? What keeps you from talking openly and easily? Well, let me assure you that these are barriers that we all share, almost all of us share. Here's how to overcome them. If you have them on your notes, you can write them down. And if you don't, just listen. Number one is the PR method that we learned last week. That's prayer and relationships. That's where it all starts. If that person, if I, in my obstacles, are praying, that's where it begins. You know, as we journey through the Bible, we see that that's where everything begins. 
prayer. Prayer. It always begins with prayer. Matthew 9, 37 and 38, Jesus said this, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what did he say? First, pray for workers to go out into the harvest fields. That's where it starts. Prayer and relationships. Prayer and relationships. That's the PR method. That's number one. And it sounds like this person has the relationships at work. And we just need to make sure that we're all praying for our fields. Number two is to listen. Now, listen to this. It's important. This is important. It's significant that God gave us two ears and one mouth. It's true, right? You can't deny that. I just wonder, he did that for a reason. Maybe this was the reason. We need to listen to people. That's why James says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. An important way to analyze the soil is to listen to people. Listen to people talk about their lives and their concerns and their worries and their families and their children, their attitudes, their hurts, their fears, etc. You'll gain an understanding and an appreciation for their soil. Then you can say, after you've listened, can I ask you a question? This is super easy. Can I ask you a question? If they say yes, you have permission. And you can say, I, ap- I appreciate you, and I've heard your concerns or complaints, whatever the case may be. How are you doing? How are you doing? And they respond, whatever they say. You can say, may I pray for you? And whether you want to pray right there, which would be great, or just tell, assure them that you're going to pray for them, you are off and running. And maybe you'll have a chance to say more about what you've read in your devotions recently or what the church is talking about. Let me repeat. You listen. You say, can I ask you questions? Hey, I appreciate you. And I, I hear your concerns, your complaints. How are you doing? About shyness, that was one of the concerns too. I just want to say reality. Introverts, shy people, you may have to press the button a little bit harder than the extroverts do. That's true. You do. Extroverts have to be obedient too. But I think introverts, shy people, have to push it a little bit harder. But I just wonder, is there a greater reward? Because there's a greater sacrifice. Now, it doesn't just end there, though. Number three is practice. And as you practice anything, you get better at it. It becomes natural. It becomes secondhand. That's why we're putting the conversation starters in the bulletins. There's two or so per week. We've been posting them on Facebook. And just if you just practice this, read these. These are profound. And some of them are goofy. Some of them don't connect with you. Find one or two that do. Just practice it. They're really good. I've been working on those too. You have friends and family that would love to practice with you. But again, to go back to the question you can always ask if you forget everything else is, how are you doing? May I pray for you? I got another text. My phone is down there. I'd read it to you. Just a couple days ago, it said, I'm at Menards right now, and I, and I just uh, asked the, um, somebody there how they were doing. And it turned out to be a, a fellow believer, but they were very encouraged by someone asking and asking if they could pray. And then the statement uh, this, this man ended with on the text was, it's the easiest thing in the world to ask somebody how they're doing. We just need to be obedient. And from there, 
God, just give us eyes to see what you're going to do with that. As you do all these things, would you please share them again? Now, we, I just love to hear stories, and stories really excite and stir each other up to love and good deeds. I want to offer you now some of the best advice I've ever received. This seemed like a fitting place to do that. It's under the, the title, Self-Introductions. All right. Years ago, I was inspired by uh, a good, very good friend who's in the Army, uh, now a colonel, in the army, Kevin Boren is his name. And I was inspired by the way that he introduces himself at every new post that he has ever gone to over his 30-year career. This is how he introduces himself to his staff, to his teammates, to his soldiers. At every post, this is how he does it. He says something like, now, you need to know that I am a Christian. Not because I'm going to force my religion on you, but because it informs what kind of leader I am the decisions I make, the integrity and way I'm going to treat and lead you. First thing he says. Now, the reason he says that is because the point is to let everybody know right up front who you are, what you love, and then they can watch from there your life. You don't have to hide. It's like a bait and switch. If you, if you hide that little bit of information from you, hoping to befriend them just to evangelize them, that's not the calling at all. It's to love people. For real. And so I have applied this ever since then. Oh, that was about, I don't even know, 10, 12 years ago. Every time I meet someone new, I have applied that right there. I tell people right off the bat, in some form, who I love, who I believe in, what church I go to, all of those things. I'm grateful for, for that influence in my life, and I, and I hope that you'll remember that as well. Yeah, no bait and switch. We're, we're not just being friendly to people to evangelize people. No, we, we are who we are, Jesus followers, right up front, and then love them. Okay, we've defined the four types of fields. We've talked about how to overcome the barriers. You know, like any other skill that you have developed, and you've all developed lots of skills, it takes time. You're bad at first, but you get better. You know, you can never hit a home run unless you're willing to strike out, right? So I've called it hacking my way through this obedience to Christ. But after a while, it gets easy and it becomes secondhand. Continue to stir each other up as we obey the Lord Jesus. The last thing that we're going to do here, point four, is identifying the fields where Jesus has planted you. And this is where we're going to put this very personal into your life, this application. I want to conclude just by giving you a couple minutes here. So if you have notes and a pen, start writing your fields down right now. On your notes, write all that, all that you can real fast that come to mind. Where, where, you, you know, where I get my hair cut, shop, the restaurants I go to, neighborhood traveling. For me, it's, it's places where my daughters are involved. You know, I, I, I mingle with other people there. That, I've been enjoying that aspect. I'm considering joining the Chamber of Commerce next year. I think it's a good thing for pastors to do. Not necessary, but good. Uh, I'm considering that. Would you just start writing things like that? And if you're not writing, if you don't have a notes or a pen, just visualize. Just, let's just take a few seconds here just to visualize all the places that are your fields, that you go, that you spend time, that you have any kind of interactions. Just start writing. Just start visualizing.
just for a moment. All of them. Think of, think of as many as you can. Now, brothers and sisters, these are the fields where God has planted you. For the most important reasons, eternal life, to know and be free to worship God, to be saved by Jesus, to be loved and valued as image bearers of God who need to know the truth. These are the fields he's planted you, not anyone else, in the exact way he's planted you. That's the first step. Let's, let's now talk second. Here's some things that we're going to do as a church. And I'm so excited and encouraged by this, and I, and I hope that everyone will do this. It is to place your pin on the hallway map that's going to be in the hallway, but right now, the Warsaw Winona Lake, everybody turn around, see the big map back there on an easel? There you go, Chris Rager, Vanna White, I mean, Chris Rager, he's demonstrating, thank you, Chris. There's a, there's a little thing of pins, I'm glad that this one didn't poke me. Uh, so here's what we do, before you leave today, would you f- push a pin in where you live? And, and this is really great if everybody does it. So please, even if you're visiting today, we would love it. Just push that in because we're going to pray for those fields. And prayer is, what, prayer is what works. Just watch what God does when we pray. So if you don't live in Warsaw, Winona Lake, if you're in the greater Winona, uh, Kosciuszko County, there's another map that's the whole county out there and the hallway out there. If you live in Ohio, yeah, don't, don't, don't try to poke the pin in the wall. Um, Several feet away, just we'll just pray for you anyway. And then third here under this point is help. This is another thing I'm very excited about. My family's done this uh, many of the last years. It is to host or help host a street party, a block party in your neighborhood, or join someone else's or your small groups. This is absolutely enjoyable and profound, non-threatening, a fantastic. So in your bulletin, there's, a, there's an insert that looks like this. And if you didn't get a bulletin, I encourage you to go find one of these. There's actually a, an extra stack on the, on the connections table. And it gives you instructions for throwing an easy and great block party, street party. And just, just do it. While the weather's still good, it says. Um, on the bottom, you see a little sample of a, an invitation card uh, this is kind of the draft that our family is going to use in our neighborhood. I've actually talked to some neighbors about it, and they're all really excited about it already. But I haven't printed these cards yet. I'm going to do that after today. Um, the first thing this insert says is the church office will tailor this inv- invitation card with your information and print them for you. Just send an email to the office, um, and they'll just with the information that you want to have on there, the address, your email address, that kind of thing, any, anything else you want to change, and how many you need, and boom, they're ready to print and prepare those for you. Pretty cool, right? So you can do that as your, as your small group kickoff, your launch as a small group. If, if the host home is out in the country or something and doesn't have a great neighborhood for that, pick a different member of the small group. Just pick a neighborhood, join forces if you want to, or just do it uh, yourself in your own neighborhood. We're, these are steps we're taking as a church. And I pray that you'll, you'll participate in that for the, for the power of obeying Christ. 
Also note, just about small groups, small group leader training is next Sunday. If, if you have any interest in leadership training at all, feel free to just join us right after the second service. Sign-ups for small groups begin in two week, uh, also begin next week. Uh, you'll have a list and, and start signing up, and then we'll kick off small groups the new year in four weeks. Some of you may still be wondering here today, is this really important? Is this really important enough for me to change my life and step out of this comfort zone and get messy? It is oh so important. In the passage that Andy read before I came up today, we talked about the eternal significance of this. But there's an life, eternal life or death situation here. The people must hear the gospel. Let's look at Romans 10, 14, which says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And I would just say, that's not just for preachers on Sunday. That's telling people about Jesus. And the only hope people have to avoid hell is to hear the truth, the historical facts, and the living word. And then that's how we plant and water and wait, water and wait, water and wait. And the devil is the one who says it's hard and it's not worth it. Don't do it. God says we can do it and that it's an act of love and worship that he will re- reward Manyfold, and it's incredibly worth it. One next step, other than the ones we just talked about, the neat things that we're doing as a church, will you say today, I received Jesus' gospel and his appointed mission fields for me? This is a commitment that you can make in your hearts to God right now. And oh, how thrilling this can be for every one of us following Christ obediently. There's nothing like it. You'll never regret it. Would you pray with me now and commit these things to God?